Welcome to War Room, the official podcast of the U.S. Army War College Online Journal, graciously supported by the Army War College Foundation. Please join the conversation at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. We hope you enjoy the program. Make sure not to miss a single podcast and subscribe to A Better Peace, the War Room podcast at iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite subscription service. The views expressed in this presentation are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect those of the U.S. Army War College, U.S. Army, or Department of Defense. Welcome to War Room, Mill Spouse Edition, Their Mission, Our Story, a limited-run series on a better peace that addresses the issues that military families face while they support their soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, Guardians, and Coasties. My name is Linda. I'm a Navy wife with the survival skills to raise two children, move seven times, and thrive during multiple deployments, and somehow still find time to volunteer. My co-host navigating these stories with me is Faith. Faith is an Army wife who works outside the home as a doula and gives her time away as a perpetual, unprofessional volunteer. We know this isn't War Room's normal fare, but we're confident that the topics featured will highlight our unique military culture. Expect the conversations to be honest, the stories to be impactful, and the resources to help the family's mission. Hello, this is Faith Bomar with Mill Spouse Edition. And I'm Linda Lind. Welcome to our story. We are your co-hosts for this special series. One of the cornerstones of our military community is volunteerism. Without it, countless resources wouldn't be available. For many of us, we volunteer, sometimes for multiple organizations, from nonprofits in the local community, kids' schools, to the soldiers' units. Let's discuss why spouses choose to volunteer, get to the bottom of what's in it for us, and take a look at if volunteering experience truly translates onto a resume, and if so, how. Today we are joined by Heather Klein and Eric Gardner to discuss this very issue. Heather Klein is presently a talent acquisition contractor with Client Solution Architects. She's a retired Navy human resources officer after 22 years of service. A current Army spouse, she is passionate about paying it forward by networking and building strong community bonds through volunteering. Eric Gardner is an award-winning USA Today and Amazon bestselling author. Born in North Carolina, he wears many hats outside his writing career. He's an active duty military spouse, a veteran, stay-at-home dad, and former military brat. Thank you both for being here. We're going to get started right off and say, why should we as spouses either start or continue to volunteer? Yeah, thanks for having me. I greatly appreciate you know the opportunity to talk on this. I think it's really important um, for me uh, specifically because I can't you know speak to anybody else's intentions. But as far as why volunteering is really important, I think it really boils down to generating kind of a sense of being at home mm-hmm. as fa- faster, right? So I think we do a great job with hey, it's PCS season, it's time to get up, it's time to transplant to a new location. You know, I think spouses uh, do a great job with getting the kids to feel like home's home, 
to get the service member to feel like home's home, right? We plug them back into work. We get them in the new unit. We get the kids to hook up with friends. Uh, we try to set up the house as fast as we can to make it feel like a home. And sometimes, depending upon how the PCS is going, I think there's an element that we feel is still missing. And it's that connectivity to the local area where we're at. And I think sometimes volunteering can help bridge that gap faster and make it feel like home. I'm not saying you jump right into the deep end and take on all the problems of the world, but just sometimes connecting even at a tertiary level to say, hey, you know, where, where can I plug in to sort of feel like I'm contributing locally uh, to establish a connection faster? I mean, you get to meet more people that way, mm -hmm. right? You get to, when you go to the grocery store, you're going to run into somebody at a higher probability that you would have seen down the street or something like that, you know, if you keep it at the, keep it just a little bit from the house and whatnot. But I think that for me is kind of the crux of why, like why get out there and even attempt to do it. Um, some of the moves, um, a lot like being a military brat, I think this is over my 25th PCS coming up. So <laughs> I've had to do it a few times. Uh, and the longest place I've ever lived anywhere in my life is four years. Mm -hmm. So the, the nuance of making it more connected than just brick and mortar, mm -hmm. right? Something externally to just the house that you're existing in to really make that connection. I think volunteering is a great way because make it feel like your own kind of free like help. Absolutely. Right. You know, and, and people are, are constantly looking for, yeah. you know, hey, can you help? Can you help? Can you help? You know, and, and of course, if you if you have That's the time and, and you have the ability. Absolutely true. And I think that what you just said about everyone is always looking for some kind of help. I, that is not just branch specific. I think it is. Oh, totally. <laughs> it's one of those cross um one of those cross connections that we're going to talk about pretty continuously with this podcast is that there, yeah. you know, there's a string of things that are similar and needing volunteers in the community and having opportunities to step up and make those connections is definitely one of those. It's not. Oh, I totally agree. I'm specific. Heather, um, well, and go ahead, Linda. I was just going to say, um, you're very, to your first point, Eric, about how, we as the spouses do a very good job of getting our kids situated and our service members situated, but don't always take the time to say, you know what, what do I need out of this right. new place? And that's a great way to figure out what you can contribute to out of the new place. Yeah. So. And, and it really, I think does kind of do that connection piece. You know, it, it's not really fair to just keep jumping location to location, to location, because you become my personal uh, experiences, you become a little bit more detached mm. each time you don't plug in, you know, and I absolutely transitioning from active duty to, to becoming a spouse. You know, I was like, ah, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna only focus on, you know, the family and, and the brick and mortar piece. But yet the next assignment we went to, I, I plugged back in and it was far more rewarding Yeah, because you felt more connected, you know, at least personally. Hey, Heather. So you also have been uh, doing this for quite some time. How would you encourage someone to continue to volunteer in their community? Well, I really love everything that Eric said. So I'd like to echo that and elaborate on the feeling of belonging and taking what it is that you know and sharing it as well. Sometimes we just concentrate on the service member. And quite honestly, moving as much as we do 
it's really great to maybe walk into an army service, you know, army um, career service center or walking into a USO that could be on post and saying, what can I do? Where can I make a difference? Because when you really think about it, that's what the, is at the crux of our heart is how can we help? What can we do? How can we matter? And I know that a lot of military spouses that I speak to definitely have that question and they want it answered quickly once they get to their next duty station. And also being a veteran, um, I can speak from both sides of the house. We want to continue to serve. How do we do that? Let's do it from a volunteer perspective. Or, of course, we're going to get to talk about employment later on, and that's another way as well. And even to see how that translates, volunteerism translates right to work, just might not get paid for it. But I do think it's the sense of belonging and a way to make an impact right away. And then that just makes your your time at your next duty station that more rewarding. Absolutely. I can um, speak to my own volunteering career. I call myself a perpetual and professional volunteer. Um, but we, you know, we're going into our 10th PCS and I have volunteered at every single community that we have been in, but it hasn't always been the same things. And so if either one of you could speak on how to get more people to step up, but also the different kinds of volunteering that we can find within the community that might be a little bit outside of the box. I personally, of course, have done the, you know, the FRG, now SFRG, the Family Readiness Group um, and Soldier Family Readiness Group that was within our unit, but also within the school district that my children were in and my spouse has actually the our my soldier has actually volunteered in our church community as well so we have a few of those but they know that there are other organizations um that we might be that might be worth mentioning um and also um eric can you touch on how to get more people to step up so i, I would say probably the most value added way to get someone to step up to volunteer. And as, as simplistic as it sounds, I think it's a hundred percent spot on is to really ask. Yes. Gosh, I was hoping you were going to okay. say that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you have to ask yeah. and, and it's not enough to just put it out there. Right. Cause of course there's always a need out there, Yes, but it's to genuinely go and take the 15 seconds to open the conversation and say, Hey, you know, make eye contact and then go down the rabbit hole, yeah. you know, but it's, it's, it's that piece of bringing the volunteer into the fold with, I want your time. Yes. You know, I want your talents. I want your capability and follow up with, this is why. And I think you can help. And, and even if, even if it's a brand new interaction, right. So, you know, you, you get somebody who's just signed into the unit and, uh, their spouses or their sponsors doing all the, uh, walking them through and processing and you just happen to do a chance walk by and, and you get to engage and you get to approach and do the hi introductions and this is where we could really use some help but that nuance of asking them specifically not in not in a once for all email or anything like that i think that makes huge dividends for getting people to say yes absolutely. because now they know that there really is a need for their time and it's just not some arbitrary thing that they're kind of signing up for that they're not really sure if they can 
really bring anything to the table. You've, you've eliminated that. Yeah, absolutely. You've taken well, that question out of the equation. When you send out when you send out those emails, or you know, just broadly ask a large group. I can easily sit back and say, well, somebody else will step Linda, up. Linda, I'm going to ignore right. you. And, and it's not that you're dodging email. it. I think you, yeah. Well, yeah, but I, <laughs> but I don't think they're necessarily ignoring or dodging. But I think they genuinely feel that, well, I'm sure somebody else has that. You know, somebody else is exactly. going to pick up with the baton because we all, we all, uh, to the, to Heather's point, we all, we all want to help. We all, we all want to row together. We all think that our, our effort is, uh, valued, of course. Mm-hmm. But we also think that everybody's effort is valued. And, and if you put out, hey, we just need five people. Well, of course, everybody thinks, yeah, five people got it. We don't, we don't need to fall in on the that. The assumption you know? is that there, there already are enough people that have stepped up. They probably don't need me. Right. And that immediately shuts down so many avenues to get in talent to the organization that, you know, it's it's one thing to truly just go out there and and bring people in, right? That That's the great first step. The, the quintessential follow-up has got to be the personal interaction, right? If, if you're spearheading the, the volunteer mechanism for, for whatever organization, yeah. or you're just acting as the ambassador, it's got to be more than just asking, right? It's, it's got to, you almost have to generate that family dynamic of you're valued. We really do want you. And it's, we want to bring you in and make this feel better for you as fast as it possibly can to make it feel like family. It's got to be, I think, a balance also of the organization asking for volunteers being very clear on what they expect and need from their volunteers so that the volunteer stepping up can picture themselves in that position. Oh, 100%. 100%. And and really getting to the crux of expectation management. Mm. Right. So the volunteer, when they come in, they're not like, Ooh, what is what is this going to be? You have to. I think when, when you're doing that initial courting to get people to to give their time, you have to give them a peek behind the curtain. You have courting. to let them know what the wizard looks like. Right. Well, I like that word you know? for this courting when you're doing the initial courting of your volunteers. And I like that. You do. Yeah, it is. You it have absolutely. to let them see behind the curtain because or they're, or they're not going to be able. They have to make the connection of why their time meets you know why their circle peg attribute fits into the circle peg problem you know that that you need to have them fix and i think once you bridge that you immediately get that connection where it's no longer well okay i guess i could it's i want to you know and and you have a you have a shift in drive and using using that word that's amazing because you also think about it from from the volunteers side of things is is this a good fit am i the circle peg for your circle hole or do i need to go somewhere else where i am the i'm actually the square peg that fits yeah. over there in that other organization not here with yours and and therefore i can find the right place to devote my time and my energy where i do feel like i'm contributing as well as building the community. Oh, so, well played. Well played. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So Very good. I've got a question for Heather. I've been, you know, an unprofessional volunteer for 18 years. And I'm looking at going back into the workforce. How does my experience and hard work as a volunteer play into a resume for getting employment? I am so glad you asked that, Faith. 
because a lot of people do not realize that the volunteer work that they're doing translates beautifully to a resume. First of all, with everything that you're doing and moving families across the country in Oconus, you are a CLO, Chief Life Officer. That translates into a lot of coordination effort. That translates into program management, but it's like family management. And then everything that you may do from a volunteer perspective, break it down into bullets just like you would on a resume because you have no idea what that means to an employer to know that you have those kinds of qualities. You just hadn't gotten paid for it. But guess what? That may be exactly what that employer wants and will find a way to possibly pay you for your time, energy, and expertise, even though it hasn't actually been with a corporation organization where you can add that under some title. So please, I always tell my military spouse friends this because they like to put just right before military spouse or right before volunteering. I just volunteer. What do you mean? Take that just right out of there. Oh yeah. It's no less, it has been no less work or no less hours. <laughs> I I feel like the next thing I'm going to do when I introduce myself to somebody is I'm going to say, hi, my name is Linda and I'm a CLO. <laughs> I'm a... <laughs> I'm absolutely... that. I love it. I yeah. love it. I love it. And I'm telling you, you won't be sorry. And, get, and you know what? How's that make you feel to say that? I'm the CLO. I'm the CLO of my family. That's empowering. Very empowering. I'm just going to go around and tell people I'm the CLO and then not explain what CLO is and let them fill in for themselves. <laughs> Should get some pretty good, interesting, yes, interesting answers on now it's social not media. Little secret. It's not our dirty little secret anymore. We're telling everybody, own it, own the clo. But that's okay. I want everybody else. I want. I don't want to be the only clo out there. I want somebody else to walk up to me and say that that's what they're doing because that's awesome. Absolutely. So, are hiring managers actually looking for at volunteer experience the same as paid positions? Though it will all depend on how you highlight that on your resume. And of course, Ah. family service centers will definitely help you with that. Of course, you can always ask me, Heather Klein. I'm happy to help. I've helped numerous uh, military folks around the globe um, enter that kind of data onto their resumes. And it's just amazing that most people don't look at it that way when they start sitting down and writing out what it is they actually do. They're like, well, no wonder I'm tired, but no wonder I can offer an organization these kinds of tools and experience. Yeah. There have been a number of um, younger, newer spouses to the, I'm, we're in, my husband is in the army. So there have been a number of younger, newer spouses that have approached me as a senior spouse and said, well, my spouse is currently in school. I don't have enough time to get a job and there's nothing to do here. And I found that outrageous only because 
there is so much to do in your community when it comes to volunteering. You need to pursue that and then wait to be embraced by those organizations because they're out there looking for volunteers. Everywhere is looking for volunteers. I have said it in conversation with Linda and others that if every volunteer didn't show up tomorrow, our armed forces might be in a little bit of a situation <laughs> because I, you know, Faith Bomar opinion, believe that our military might is on the backs of our incredible volunteer community that step up and, and help things run smoothly in each of our communities. There's always something to do. Idle hands is completely unnecessary in this life. Well, and and also along the same line, how many of us, because I know I personally am guilty of this, I'm sitting here listening to, to you list off all the different things that you volunteer at, and I'm thinking, I don't volunteer anywhere. But then when I stop and I think about it, yes, I do. It's just who I am. I volunteer at my church, but I don't think of it that way. I'm just active in the church. No, you're volunteering. Mm-hmm. You are you are volunteering and I wonder how many how many of us out there do that exact same thing where we don't think about what we're doing. Well, I think that's a quintessential piece of keeping it realistic, right? Wanting people to keep engaging, wanting people to, you know, uh, actively participate, but if you're, you know, if you can find a job that you love doing, it doesn't feel like work, right? I think it's the similar construct for volunteering. If you volunteer for an organization and it doesn't feel like work, it also doesn't feel like volunteering. You know, it just feels like, hey, I get to go hang out and my friends are there. You know, we get to do great things. And and you don't put two and two together that, hey, we're helping out the community. Of course you are, but you're also helping out yourself and you're helping out your friends. And, you know, it's a big team effort. You're moving forward. And it, it allows you to not have an added layer of stress of, oh, I, I need to go out and I need to volunteer because I, I, I want to get back into this. You know, I want to want to cement things. Whereas if you're really enjoying it, time passes differently. It doesn't feel like work. It just feels like fun. And wouldn't we all want that? You know, don't you? Who wouldn't want to, you know, have their time used at a place where you enjoy being, you want to go, you know, and, and it's still, yeah. it's 100% volunteer. Circling back to what you said in the beginning, Eric, about contributing to the community and therefore kind of fulfilling your own comfort, right? Um, I have felt that volunteering in the community, wherever we have been, has helped me have a, how do I put this? It has made his career feel like mine. That we have been done this together as a team. He has been working for the service and I have been working for the community, but we have been working side by side. It doesn't always have to be the only thing that fulfills you personally. A lot of our volunteer workforce also are in the workforce. So how do we best try to integrate working spouses in volunteering? I think I think that is a dynamic that challenges everyone across the across the spectrum, right? Regardless of service, and I think one of the best ways to go about it 
is to really articulate realistic expectations, not only on what the need is, but what can be provided. You know, so to be upfront with people, you know, when you go and you're doing the discussion of we need five people to do five things. Okay. But could you get 10 people to do half the work mm-hmm. to commit half the time? You know, is that really, is that really still fulfilling the same end state? If it is fantastic, you know, cause we're all busy. Who's not busy? You <laughs> know, she was, you know, Say if it's it not, yeah. <laughs> Preach, Eric. <laughs> I mean, we're all busy. There's, yeah. There's not enough hours. There's not enough hours in the day. There's not. And then when you tap on either I'm unpacking boxes or I'm getting ready to pack up boxes, you know, with short assignments or just, I've got, you know, as the kids get older, there's more expectations for, you know, activities because everybody wants to provide the best, you know, and you're trying to figure out all these nuances of, well, how do I plug into this new environment, whether it's, you know, school expectations, what new exams are coming? The list is endless, right? So regardless of what you need to have done, maybe creative solutions on the part of us being the ones who ask for volunteers and saying, how can we maximize what people are willing to give? Maybe it's as simple as readjusting instead of, hey, if we if we got five people in here, we could bang this out in an hour. Okay, well, do we really need it in that hour? Or can we you know, work on this for a week and everybody gives 10 yeah. minutes? You know, and we have a whole bunch of people who can contribute. You know, and, and realistically, though, realistically, what I think cements people who already have a career, yes. you know, the spouse that's not the service member who already has the career, the way that you cement really getting them to continuously give more is you have to go incrementally. You have to start where it's totally realistic. Can you give us an hour? Yeah, of course I can. You know, if you go in there and say, Hey, I need a week's worth of work. Yeah. No, there's, that's not realistic. Right. But if you go in there and you say, Hey, can you give us an hour? Of course, you know, and then if the exchange is positive, then they're like, well, maybe I could do two. Cause that was really fun. Yeah. Maybe I could do four because that was I really enjoyed hanging out with everybody. This gave me a great connectivity to the unit that I haven't had, you know, in in previous assignments. I really like this. Some people aren't going to have the time. They're not. You know, let's face it. As we become senior spouses, the other spouses are maybe become senior executives and companies, you know, and they're not going to have time because, again, everybody's busy. But setting the realistic expectation up front and building the bond of why you want to come in, not just so I can give back. You know, we all are giving back. Everyone is giving back. Even if you don't go and volunteer at an organization, you're giving back. Just the nuance of being a military spouse is giving back. But to get them to go and give in a more coordinated fashion where an external entity wants a desired end product, I think you have to take those engagements a little slower be a little more deliberate and articulating what's really needed and then take a moment to really develop the bond so that they want to come back. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Don't yeah. abuse and it. Don't, you know, and don't you gotta, abuse you gotta make it worthwhile. And don't abuse, and don't abuse it. Abuse it. Yeah. I'm glad you touched yeah, on that and finished key. with that because that is key because yeah. you won't have anybody come back. And then, and that will spread, right. oh, that'll fast. spread like oh, wildfire yeah. over a Facebook thread. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Heather, how do we best try to integrate working spouses in volunteering? 
Well, I think it goes back to exactly what we started out with, the ask. Asking folks what they do, where they do it, when they do it, because I believe, just like anyone these days, they stalk people on their LinkedIn profile, their Facebook, and they're like, what? Faith does that? I had no idea. I want to go with her to her next meeting, or I want to show up at the start line of that next event, because that's what we do. We look to see what others are doing, and we're wondering, could I do that? And absolutely you can, because what is the military network all about? Taking someone's hand, leading them to a, you know, a wonderful opportunity, and always asking them if they want to come back. I mean, I have not seen that ever not happen in the 33 years that I have been in and around military family. It works. Oh, it totally oh, works. It works. Absolutely. Spot it on. works. Some yes. of the best volunteering experiences, some of the best life experiences that um, I've been able to have have been with friends that I have met through volunteering while we were volunteering. And sometimes it just took me signing up for something and also writing in my friend's name next to mine and then telling her about it later. Like, oh, yeah, Erica, <laughs> we are now the mayor and the vice mayor of our community. You, we have an office. We have office hours. We need to. <laughs> and, and then we were. <laughs> there we were in Friedberg, Germany, the mayor and the vice mayor. And we um, would take ourselves on business lunches. And, but all of that is with the uh, opportunity to volunteer in our community and give back. And um, one of my favorite quotes by someone that I have no idea who said this, um, volunteers don't have the time, they have the heart. So with that, as our episode comes to a close, I would like to thank Heather Klein and Eric Gardner for joining us today to talk about volunteering. Thank you for volunteering, guys. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Loved every minute of this. We'd like to thank all of our listeners out there as well. Please send us your comments on this podcast or others, and we'd love to hear your suggestions or ideas for future topics. We're always interested in hearing from you. If you've not already done so, I hope you'll subscribe to War Room via our website, which will put updates and content directly in your inbox. And you can also subscribe to A Better Piece on the podcatcher of your choice. And if you would, rate and review the podcast. That will certainly help other people find us as well. We look forward to having you all again with us soon. And until next time, from the War Room, I'm Faith Bomar with their mission. And I'm Linda Lind. This has been our story. And that concludes our program. Thank you for listening. The views expressed in this podcast reflect those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views, policies, or positions of the U.S. Army or the Department of Defense. Let us know what you think. Provide us your feedback, comments, or suggestions through our webpage at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. And have a great day.